Warning, the information and details you hear on this podcast can be gruesome, graphic, and in some cases triggering. These are real people. These are real cases. This is true crime. Listening discretion is advised. Hey y'all, it's me, LB, and you are now tuned in to Couch Detectives. Welcome back to another episode of Couch Detectives. First of all, let me say thank you to each and every one of you that have taken the time out to tune into the first two episodes. I am forever grateful for your listenership. It means a lot to me as I continue to navigate these podcast streets. Be sure to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell another friend and their coworkers and them to tune in. Also, make sure you are subscribed on Spotify and Anchor and go follow Couch Detectives on Instagram at Couch Detectives Podcast. Now, let's get into today's case. Today, I am going to a state that has a very special place in my heart. I once lived in the beautiful city of Houston. So Texas, I'm coming down there and San Antonio this week. I am in your backyard to bring you this heartbreaking story of a bright light blown out too soon. This is the case of Andrine McDonald. In 2019, we have 29-year-old Andrine McDonald. And let me just tell y'all, this young woman was the epitome of a boss. Born on September 23rd, 1989 in Port Antonio, Jamaica, Andrine was pretty much a star bound for the spotlight from the beginning. Although she grew up in a poor family, she always knew that she wanted to and that she would make something of herself, and overcome her obstacles. She knew that she wanted to help people and make a difference. Her family described her as a beautiful, caring, and loving person who treated everybody the same, which is hard to come by these days. She graduated high school and had earned an associate's degree in business studies by the time she was 18. As I said, at an early age, she already knew which direction she wanted her life to go in, which is admirable in itself, because at 18, I couldn't tell you what I wanted to do. She later got married, which I'll go into detail later, and ended up moving to Florida, then to San Antonio, which is where she really began to soar. She earned her Bachelor's of Business Administration and Finance with honors, magna cum laude, same sis, from the University of Texas at San Antonio in 2011. In one month, after graduating at just 22 years young, she founded Starlight Homes, which is assisted living for individuals between the ages of 55 and 100. Now, I know with the age of social media, it's easier now to create a business because everything is like right there at your fingertips. But back in 2011, 
when Andrean and I graduated from college, I personally don't think that it was that easy to start a business so young. But she did. She said for me to get a job, one has to be available. Someone has to create a job. And she did just that. Not only did she create a job for herself, but she created a job for other people as well. As I stated, she was a boss. She was also just a super motivational and inspired and ambitious person. Like all up and down her social media accounts, especially on Instagram, it was full of inspirational quotes and motivating other people. She was a fitness queen too. So coupled with her business and her aspirations, she was also dedicated to her health. As I stated, Andrean knew what she wanted out of life early in life. Andrean was married to Andre McDonald. Andre and Andrean both were born in Jamaica. Andre in 1979 and Andrean in 1989. So they were 10 years apart. They spent their childhood in Jamaica, then both ended up migrating later to America and ended up in Florida. Andre joined the Air Force in 2004 and was a cyber warfare engineer. Smart man. He was previously married, but that ended in divorce. And according to public records, Andre and Andrine got married on July 9th, 2009, when she was 19 years old. They later moved to San Antonio, which is where I previously stated she earned her business degree in that same year, 2011. They had a beautiful little girl who was the light of their lives. Outside of Andrine's business and fitness, you can tell that her daughter was top priority. She did have autism and was mostly nonverbal, but they loved her and celebrated her at every chance they got, and she had a very active childhood. Online, you can see that Andre and Andrine were a happy and thriving couple. She doted on him. They were business partners. They had the nice house. She drove a Porsche, and they had a couple of other cars too. So by today's kid standards, they were couple goals. In February of 2019, she threw Andre this big 40th birthday bash at their house, inviting their friends and their family for a nice turn up. You can still see these pictures from the party on her Instagram page. It was super cute. So yeah, by all accounts and from the outside looking in, they were the picture perfect couple who migrated from Jamaica and seriously achieved that American dream. But as couch detectives and humans, we know that sometimes that online persona isn't always reality. 2017 was a busy year for Andrine, but a rocky one for the couple. During this year, in July, Andrine was a guest speaker at Norwich Primary School in Jamaica, which was her elementary school, and it had a special place in her heart. In September, she was featured in San Antonio Women's Magazine as a role model and for her business practices and featured again in the November and December issue. She was traveling and from what it looked like, living her very best life. Unfortunately for the couple, reports from behind the scenes painted a different picture. 
There was a manager at the assistant living home, and she reported that she witnessed the couple arguing several times and even heard them when she couldn't see them. See, the way that their assisted living home was set up, the patients and the business was run on the first floor, and Andre and Andrine lived on the second floor with their daughter. So when arguments occurred, they were heard. The manager said on several occasions that she would hear them arguing and fighting, and from what she and others said, it was mostly about business. Friends had also reported domestic abuse with the couple and stated that Andrine was not happy in her marriage. A few friends even speculated that Andre was jealous of Andrine and how she was constantly in the spotlight. And there was a report of infidelity, but nothing confirmed there. According to police records, they were called out a couple of times in 2017 for domestic disputes. But there are no reports that any of those calls resulted in arrest. Andre also filed for divorce in 2017. So yeah, it was a pretty rough year for them, which is not abnormal in marriages. We all have been there. We've all had rough patches. But through it all, they overcame those issues. Even moving from that second floor place into a very nice home later that year. He withdrew the divorce filings And they were working. And things were better. Until they weren't. Which brings us to our case. On March 1st, 2019, what should have been another normal day for Andrine was anything but. Usually, she would start her day with an early morning gym session, 5 a.m. to be exact. Yes, get it done in the morning. Get it out of the way. You don't have to worry about it for the rest of your day. And you start your day off with some energy. I feel you, Andrine. Then she'd take her daughter to school and then go on about her business. Literally, she'd go to her business. But on this day, none of that happened. So it's no surprise that her friends were unnerved. Because according to them, this always happened. She was a woman of habit. So for her not to show up to some of the most important things in her life, the gym and her business, her friends immediately knew something was wrong. Now for me, missing a day at the gym or work is not going to raise an alarm. But for someone as dedicated as Andrine, it did not sit right with her friends. And it didn't take them long to spring into action. They were calling her phone. Nothing. They were calling her husband's phone. Nothing. So they ended up going to the house to check it out. They get there and they see that her car is in the driveway. So they're hoping that she's inside. Maybe she overslept. Maybe. They knock and nothing. So they went around to the back and ended up going inside because the back door was unlocked. They enter the house and they're calling her name, still nothing. After looking around, they see that her belongings are still there. Her purse, her car keys, everything but her. All the things that we would take with us if we were leaving. They go upstairs, she's not there. But 
they see some blood smears and they smell bleach. And they go back downstairs and when they're outside, they notice a burn pile in the backyard. Ring the alarm. Now they call the police and when they show up, her mom is there as well. Now her mom did stay with them from time to time. And when the police arrived, she showed them a red stain on a light switch in the master bedroom that appeared to be blood. While there, police also noticed that the bathroom's floor appeared to have been recently cleaned, hence the smell of bleach that her friends had smelled. So the evidence that they are seeing is letting them know that foul play has occurred. They need to speak to her husband. Her husband, Andre, was not there this entire time. It is reported that he did show up at one point when her friends were there and when they were asking him, like, where is Andreen? What's going on? He didn't give them anything. But now the police, like, they desperately need to speak with him. They did end up getting in contact with him, and they do ask her, where is your wife? Initially, he said that she was being treated at the hospital. So, of course, they check out his story. It was a lie. Sketchy, because why are you lying, Andre? Then he changes his story and admitted that they had an argument the day before, and he didn't know where she was now. And that was that. That is all the information that he gave them. He even lawyered up and refused to talk to them. Again, sketchy. Because why? They can't really arrest him at this point because there is no solid evidence connecting him to her disappearance. So they let him go. The next day, March 2nd, they go back to the home with a search warrant. And during that search, investigators discovered that Andre McDonald had purchased a shovel, an axe, a hatchet, large plastic bags, gloves, and a couple of five-gallon gas cans. They also discovered a hammer with blood on it and a new burn pile was found where something recently appeared to have been set on fire. And in this, they found some ripped up receipts and some jean overalls that appeared to have had blood on them. Now get this. While one group of investigators are carrying out their search warrant at the house, they have others who have set up surveillance to follow Andre just in case he does anything that they deem suspicious and could help with the case. They ended up following him to a gun store. While he's in the process of purchasing a gun and hella ammunition, officers walked in and apparently startled him so much so that he left, leaving behind his ID and the gun. 
at this point, they are kind of concerned about his mental health, thinking maybe he is now a danger to himself and possibly others. I mean, his wife is missing. Maybe he's grieving. I cannot judge the way that anybody grieves. But the cops are not taking any chances. So they detain him, not arrested. They detain him for mental, mental health concerns. He's in the Air Force, remember. So their OSI, which is the Office of Special Investigations, was also assisting. And OSI took custody of him because of military procedures. During a press conference later that day, while attempting to seek the public's help, the deputy said that he did think that Andre was a suspect in Andrew's disappearance just because of his actions and what they found in the home. And in addition to that, he's really not cooperating. And it's like, what in the world? Because you live with her. You see her on a day-to-day basis. Why are you not the one who reported her missing? Why are you not concerned? Why are you not helping? Do they have a reason to suspect you, Andre? Well, if they really didn't have a reason before, you've given them a reason now. The next day, on March 3rd, 2019, Andre McDonald is arrested for tampering with evidence for allegedly trying to destroy the receipts for the items that he purchased after Andrean's disappearance. That acts and stuff that we just discussed? Yeah. And at this point, the county sheriff thinks and has announced that he believes Andrean is no longer living and that her husband, Andre, is responsible for her death. This is all circumstantial at this point because there's nobody or anything. When he was arrested, all he said was, I love my daughter. I love my family. That's the most that we've gotten out of him this entire time. They set his bond really high at $2 million with the thoughts and hope that he wouldn't make it and maybe crack and start talking while he's in there. But nope, he's lawyered up. He is not talking to them. While he's sitting in jail, the same sheriff that said he believed that Andre killed his wife has asked for volunteers to help with the search of her. And over 160 people show up for the search. The search goes on for a few days with nothing. On March 7th, a week after Andrine was last seen, the search party searches Camp Bullis, which is a military base that Andre was reportedly seen at around the time of her disappearance. But still, nothing. They are searching and searching, asking for help, hoping Andre will talk. Nothing. On March 20th, Crime Stoppers offers a $5,000 reward for any information that'll lead to an arrest in Andrew's case. But still, nothing. Almost a month after Andrew was last seen, a judge reduces Andre's bond from $2 million to $300,000. Three days later, on April 2nd, which is a month after he was detained for the gun shop incident, he makes bail and is out and on house arrest. The whole time he was in, 
he said nothing. The whole time he's been out, he said nothing. Neither is he assisting with the investigation. Two days after he was released on April 4th, charred remains were found in their county. But they were not in drains. So the search continues. While all of this is happening, there's still the matter of their now eight-year-old daughter, who has now been without both of her parents for a month, which is completely out of the ordinary for her. And her grandparents, Andrine's parents, are now in a fight for custody for her, even though she's been living with her grandma. So Andrine's parents divorced when she was really young, but she was still very close to both of them. All over her social media, you can see how much she loved her dad and how much she admired her mom. But now they are in court fighting over her daughter. It was reported by the grandparents and the teachers that her daughter had been acting out and she had changed since her mom went missing, which is not surprising at all. Her whole world has shaken up. She's just exhibiting some behaviors of a child who experienced trauma. At some point, she even told Andrine's sister, her aunt, that daddy hurt mommy. And mommy was like doing an action to show that she couldn't breathe. So it's being reported that whatever happened, the daughter saw it. This is just a sad case all around. A judge did end up ruling in Andrine's mom's favor, and she would retain custody of her daughter. During the searches and investigation, the family was supporting Andre, saying he's family, and hopefully he will tell us something or tell the police something or maybe even tell his mom. Because you know that that son-mom relationship is different than any other. They were hoping that he would at least tell her something. But nothing from him. The friends, on the other hand, were not as supportive. They witnessed more in the relationship than others. And as I told you, they previously said that there was some domestic abuse in the relationship. And that Andrine wasn't happy. And... Reportedly, Andrine told her friends that if she ever goes missing, it's Andre, like verbatim. So they were suspicious from the beginning. And to add fuel to their fire, during the investigation when the phone records revealed that Andrine and her husband Andre were at home the day before she went missing, the friends just knew it. And she was last seen on video with her daughter getting pizza the evening before her disappearance. And the last sign of her, according to the phone records, was at home. So he's likely one of the last people that was with her. Andre, it's not looking too good for you. Time goes by, searches continue, sadness occurs, lives are changed. In 133 days after Andrine was reported missing, on Thursday, July 11th, 
charred remains were found just a few miles from Andre and Andrine's home. And this time, they were in dreams. Two days later, Saturday, July 13th, Andre was arrested for his wife's murder. But no surprise, he's still not talking. Three months after his arrest, in October, a grand jury indictment returned against him and accused Andre of intentionally causing his wife's death by a manner and means unknown. And that's likely because he burned her body. He was indicted on two felony charges, one for the murder and the other for tampering with evidence. On December 7th, 2019, Andrine is finally laid to rest and her life is celebrated during her funeral. Her family asked that instead of flowers, that donations be made in her name to Norwich Primary School, her elementary school in Jamaica, and the one that she was a guest speaker at back in 2017. She was celebrated as the amazing and driven woman that she was. She once stated, I can't help everybody, but if I can help one or two or three at a time, that would make a difference. And to see the people who showed up to celebrate her, you can tell that she really did make a difference. Her life was not in vain. In February of 2020, Andre appeared in court, but his defense's attorney asked for a reset, which was granted. And at this time, a reset date has not been set. In March of 2021, his bond was reduced from $2 million to $450,000, but he has yet to post it. So as of today, October 17th, 2021, two years after he was indicted, he has yet to go to trial. Andre faces a sentence of five to 99 years or life in prison for the murder charge and two to 10 years in prison for the tampering with evidence charges when he does go to trial. It has been rumored over and over that not only did the daughter witness the murder, but also the burning. Just a sad case all around. And Dream's last post on Instagram was February 27th, 2019, literally the day before she was last seen. And the first picture, before you go scrolling through all of the ones she posted on that day, was of her and Andre with smiles from ear to ear. This is just proof that you never really know what lies behind a smile. Let's all remember and dream today. And until next time, Couch Detectives, keep an eye out on your backyard.